you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we begin a brand new week in WWE as we are under two weeks away until SummerSlam going down live from Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Ron Wagner. I bring to you, as always, on the free feed, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Thank you for having me, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I'm very excited for the conversations that we are going to have. Um, you know, I, I thought we had some good feedback from last week, and I think uh, this week is, you know, we'll have another great conversation. Nothing crazy happened, though. You know, it was a, a quieter week in WWE, so this potentially could be a quieter show. It's never quiet around here, Scott. Let's not lie to our listeners out there. They don't expect quiet and nice and easy and a simplistic week in WWE. They expect chaos and mayhem. But by TV standards, it was a very quiet week in WWE. This show would not be quiet. It would be quite loud, I do believe. And the countdown is on to me getting a new microphone because, you know, the sound quality is not as pristine as usual because the microphone decided to jump the shark, die a death. But the countdown continues. Hopefully new mic is in my hand and I can talk into it just in time for our SummerSlam review in a couple of weeks. But until then, let's get used to radio station quality sound for the rap. You sound good. I sound like trash, respectfully speaking. Yeah, definitely bringing back some radio-free Roscoe days. Um, I don't know if anyone knows anything about that, but that's a whole other ball game. Um, listen, real quick, couple, couple, couple things, couple, couple things. Um, you know, I, I, I've gone through my share of technological difficulties. Um, I, I've definitely uh, been the Titus O'Neil when it comes to t- technology. I uh, I think the best thing to do here is just apologize to Rey Mysterio. Somehow, some way, some shape, or form, it's his fault. I don't know what you did, what you said, but he's he's booyakaying you every week. Um, and that's what she said, but that's also what Rey Mysterio <laughs> said. So, listen, the best thing to do is just apologize, and I think everything will start working out. Now, let me take your first of all from you. First of all, I didn't do anything to Rey Mysterio, okay? I am innocent in all of this. You're guilty. If, if there's anything to this, you are the one that has caused us much pain and frustration by calling out Ray constantly. And he decided to pay me back after six months of payback and reparations on his end. So therefore, my mic is dead because of you. And number two, you must school the people on what you just said about what kind of radio station we're working with here because I don't think they know what's really going on and it is you who opened that door. It is you who must go through that door and it's you who must tell our peeps out there what you meant by what you said because ain't no way you're going to get away with it. No, not on my watch. 
listen, all all I'm saying is every, we all we all got a phone. We all got Google. Just 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 type in Radio Free Roscoe. You know, you'll you'll you you might mess around and see wheelchair Jimmy strolling along listening to it, checking it out. They're on the same channel. Just 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 check out Radio Free Roscoe, old show I used to watch when I was a kid. Um it's probably not good anymore, but I definitely remember it as a child. Unbelievable, Unbelievable. to bring that up as a reference on this very show. I just can't with you. You're asking our listeners to Google it, research it, find out for yourself what it means. And truly speaking, reading is fundamental. So I'm all for that. But as you mentioned, last week was a very fun show. Um, The 10 minutes that kicked off this podcast was definitely something. And I appreciate the feedback we got. If we can make you laugh to start off your Monday morning, we're very thankful for that. So let's do it again by diving into all things WWE. But before we do so, I want to shout out the Patreon because it's still free this month in terms of exclusive content you can find, including the latest episode of the Dynamite Show, playing for free on the Patreon. Also dropping next week is part one of WCW's 96, covering the Great American Bash and the early stages of the NWO as we are in what year? 26 of what happened many, many years ago. So time truly flies. Check out the Patreon Fike Media, you get some good scoops and insight. If you like what you're hearing and listening for this month, drop the $5 by visiting patreon.com forward slash Fight Game Media, and you will get your fix on all things AEW, throwback WWE shows, pound for pound, and so much more. Without further ado, let's dive into the week that was in WWE as we shout out Monday Night Raw going down from my hometown in Atlanta, Georgia, State Farm Arena, where the Hawks play. And we kick things off with the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, getting a hero's welcome in his hometown as he's celebrated by the people. And he is all in on facing Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, calling him out repeatedly. He is there showing love to his mom in the front row. He's got family watching, his sister, some brother-in-laws, just some fam in the front row supporting Cody. But Cody's all about that business, all about confronting Brock Lesnar. He's willing to wait all night to get the job done. Top of the hour, bottom of the hour, minutes before the show goes off the air, he wants a piece of Brock Lesnar. And he's not going to wait around as Brock Lesnar's music hits in the arena and it's teased a couple of times, but he goes backstage to confront the beast, but in doing so, he has no weapon. He has no way to defend himself because in the frame, there is a steel chair flying and it's Cody flying back on the main stage, courtesy of Brock, who beats his ass on the main entrance ramp down to the ring, in the ring, as he drops Cody with an F5, goes after the recently healed up arm that he broke a couple of months ago at Backlash. And then he proceeds to really go in and have a field day on Cody Rose in front of his mother by locking in the Kimura and beating his ass in front of his family. And Brock laughs at this as he beats Cody in the ring, locks in the Kimura once again. He tweaks the arm and he says, I will see you at SummerSlam, bitch. He leaves the ring and Cody is down and out in front of his home crowd as expected. But at least he got a hero's welcome, cut the promo, 
But unfortunately, Scott, he got his ass beat by Brock Lesnar in front of his family and friends and fans. Yeah, I don't really know what the point of him doing that, all that hoorah and stuff. And then uh, he not only did the SpongeBob walk out, he got <laughs> smacked in the head with a chair. Like, bruh, <laughs> like, come on, man. What are we doing, dude? Like, you had this man whacking, whacking, whacking on the way out. And now all you hear is a clank. And then you see a chair go fly. It's like, bro. So you just did all this, you know, my Dukes, let me shout. First of all, I want to thank my Dukes for the MVP. You the real MVP. You know, gave a full-on Kevin Durant acceptance speech and then goes out there and gets his tail whooped. And Brock Lesnar just gets a smile at moms. Like, that was that was something. I mean, essentially, I mean, he is from Atlanta. So he Brock Lesnar was like LeBron and that, you know, he treated them like the Hawks. That's essentially what happened. Now, leave it to you to be on this show alongside me. No doubt. And have the brazen audacity to bring up LeBron James, who has nothing to do with the city of Atlanta. (laughs) But you want to dunk on my Hawks nonetheless, because you can. You are rude and disrespectful. I mean, two years in a row, just knocked him out, sent him home before they could get to the finals. No big deal. Especially after like a 60-win season for All-Stars. Should have been five Kyle Corver, but it's a whole nother thing. You know, now you're trying to live off 2015 hopes and dreams. And because of that, I want to remind you what happened that year. We got beat. There you go. You got beat by who? Doesn't matter. We came back. Yes, very- it does. <laughs> it yes, does. it does. Yes, it does. Because see, <laughs> you open the door. You want to dunk on my team. You want to disrespect my Hawks predating Trey Young. So let's talk about it. Who beat, who beat Cleveland in the NBA Finals? Who smelled the champagne in the locker room still? Hey, listen, you're right. They smelled the champagne. But let me tell you, that that Kyle Korver-led Hawks team is doing a lot better than this Trey Young-led Hawks team. True to a point. See what I'm saying? But, but you still... Have not answered my question. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. <laughs> you will. I will force you to say the three words you scared to say on this show. Say it. LeBron is king. <laughs> you got it. There you go. No. The level of pettiness coming from you by refusing to say who beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals in 2015. Say it. Injuries. (laughs) Damn injuries. (laughs) You're a level of bitterness. You know damn well who beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, who own LeBron. It is my team. No, no, stop it. Stop it. It is the one and only Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry. Iggy. Draymond. Clay. Iggy. He was the MVP, okay? I'm not going to lie. It's facts. He, he he got the MVP because it was like, well, who do we give it to? They can't give it to LeBron, clearly the best player out there. And did he win? No. It's not. A, it's, so I, long as we can establish that the MVP is not about the best player. It's just about 
who played a good who was good on the winning team. Mm-hmm. Look at you still being salty eight years after the fact. I'm just saying, man. You open this door. Booyaka. I walk through it. No, it ain't no booyaka. Ray didn't do this. You did. Because you're petty. Just sat there and ate your food. Okay. That's okay. I'm going to sit Ray on that new mic you're getting too. You know, don't you do that. Don't you do that. I will come to where you live and take your microphone. Oh if you go. <laughs> If it comes down to it, I will get a mic somehow, somewhere. If you jinx me, what you need to do is focus on your flying squirrels. Okay, do that. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know if that's the slam dunk you think it is because I like the bash on the flying squirrels too. I like to treat them like a whack a mole too. Every time they pop up, I want to smash them back down. Sorry, this, this conversation took a whole left turn. Started talking about my ideas for the flying squirrels, turn them into whack a moles. I'm like, look at the disrespect for your own home team. Come on now, the rudeness. Oh, and somehow. This is a bit more compelling than Cody getting beat up in his hometown. That's essentially what I mean. That I am essentially Brock, and the flying squirrels are now the whack a moles. That's what happened. Oh my gosh, I am so done with you. But what's amazing about the beatdown was that Cody, the very next day, had a red carpet premiere. We don't have many of those going down in Hollywood because of the strike with actors and writers. But Cody has a red carpet premiere for the American Nightmare documentary dropping on Peacock next week. And (laughs) to be ever the salesman, let me sell my arm. Let me put it in a cast once again. So he's got the vibranium back on from Rose Conda to heal himself just in time for SummerSlam. Yeah, whatever, dude. What, what, whatever, Cody, man. Like, bro, you ain't got to do all that. Like, we get it, but you, you don't, you don't have to wear your vibranium armor, dude. Everybody knows that you're, you're cool. You know, everybody knows you got a, a ticket to, you know, an invite to the cookout. We all know that you know the secret code to Wakanda. We got it. You ain't got to show off. You ain't got to flex. He can't help himself, Scott. He must sell. Every time he gets beat up because he's all about being a storyteller. He must finish his story and all the chapters that come along with it, including the Brock chapter, which closes presumably at some of I do love the commitment to sell an arm injury through and through, sell the beat down and still pose on the red carpet for his documentary, which looks very good, by the way. Two hours I'm going to tune into, hopefully in the next week or so, and really get into the meat and potatoes of the Cody Rhodes story, which will be ongoing heading into next year's WrestleMania when they're at a third hour if he wins the championship, the extended edition. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) You know it's coming. Oh, gosh. I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to get through the two hours, but you know, we'll, we'll cross that. We'll cross that roads when we get there. Look at you! Look how you got that new title ready to go for next year. See, already planning and marketing. As we segue to probably my favorite match from Monday Night Raw, which was a Viking rules match involving the Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. And this match was all action, but I want to call out someone that deserves his flowers. And no, it's not Chad Gable, who's always awesome, 
who's always there to provide the pops and moments. And he's so over as a baby face. And I love that for him as he delivered a moonsault to Ivar, suplexed him with a bridge to pop the crowd. Tennis O'Neill is amazing on commentary, calling the action at a ringside. But my hero of this match is one Otis. Otis, this dude got the hot tag after Chad Gable went into those shields and he was a one man wrecking crew did a roll through with speed and agility. He's clotheslining, suplexing, whooping all kinds of ass and the people are into his baby face comeback. He is on a roll and the fans are eating it up. And then as it goes up top to splash Ivar, he is throat checked by Valhalla. I know your name this week. My apologies after a couple of weeks of forgetting your name, but Valhalla, you did what you needed to do. And then we have the Viking Raiders powerbomb Otis for the win. This was a really fun physical match. Maxine Dupree got a letterman's jacket, but she got put through a table by Valhalla for her efforts. Nice bump by both ladies, but all in all, this has been a fun rivalry. Viking Raiders win this match under their rules, but a nice showcase for Otis, as I presume the Viking Raiders are now possibly in line for a shot at the tag team titles against KO and Sami Zayn at a date to be determined, which should be great. Yeah, this was a, a very fun match. Um, I uh, I also would like to shout out, again, I one of the unsung heroes who just plays their role to perfection in, the, in, in whatever the spot there is. Maxine Dupree, man, just the little moments she gets, she she makes the most of them. Um, and then, yeah, I, you know, you talked about Otis, that catch she made off the springboard into the big slam. That was nice. Uh, the moonsault from uh, Chad Gable into the, the the German. I I think this is a nice win for the Viking Raiders. I like that they won in their match. You know, so so many times uh, someone will have a match of their choosing. And then they end up losing. So I appreciate the fact that they won their match. Uh, I think there'll be a nice heel, a nice, nice victory for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn when we get there. So, I, which I, I also agree is the next step. So, I like that we have some, some, some new fresh blood going after the tag titles. But at some point in time, you gotta get behind and start really maybe pushing either one or both of the Alpha Academy. Either, you know, maybe Otis starts training his own recruits and Chad goes singles, or you just push them as a, you know, top tier babyface team, but the crowd is ready to fully get behind them and for them to start winning matches. Agreed. The fans love them. We kind of called this a couple of months ago that they needed to be a pivot with Alpha Academy. They can be a viable babyface tag team. Chad Gable has got the talent and the charisma for days to be a star. Otis, we've been knew that for years, dating back to his time in NXT. I just love the guy. Oodles of charisma. And all he needed to do was grow his beard back. And he's back to being Otis and being great, doing his offense and being over. Like this dude, you forget, he's agile. The roll through, like, dude, he was great. Made a great comeback, had the fans into it. So I agree, Alpha Academy deserves a push as a babyface tag team that could be viable contenders for the tag team titles as well. And Maxine Dupree, as I said before, she's really great in her role. And if she continues to get better, she will be a nice addition to the women's division for future reference. But she just plays her part very well, hits her spots accordingly. And this has been a dream trio 
that has some bumps in the road because she was a heel trying to make fun of Chad and going with Otis, but they're all in one accord and their chemistry is everything. I love this. It's like an upgraded chase you on the main roster. And I want those worlds to collide at some point very soon with Master Gable and Andre Chase jockeying for recruits sometime in 2024. Well, the way that they're kind of mixing and matching the NXT and the main roster people, I, I absolutely think that's a possibility. And that could be a lot of fun for a way to call up Chase you if they ever decide to do that or just one at a time. If, you know, Andre Chase is like, hey, you know, I, I think it's time for you to, to move on up. I think I have someone on the main roster ready for you. I think that would be a, a nice little segue there. So, yeah, I think that's a that would be a really fun connection uh, that you could absolutely do some some really – Imagine Andre Chase and Chad Gable having a tag team match down there in NXT. That crowd would just be eating them boys up, or Otis shaking them legs like that. Like it was, I think it'd be great. That's that's a great call. Yes, and think about this too: Maxine and Thea Hale. Way too converging. much. Converging. Way too much. <laughs> way too much on the screen right there. Like, like when I saw Maxine do that, thank you. I mean, she was her her face was full on Thea Hale. Let me get a chase you. Like I was like, holy hell. Yeah. Way too much. Don't I don't know if I can have both of them on the screen together. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's like two shots of Red Bull, Whew. Monster, Jägermeister, Coca-Cola. That's a Jäger bomb rolled into one. And I would not want to come down from that high, even though I'm going to crash eventually because they are a lot. But I love them for different it, reasons. They would be standing side by side and Maxine would go, thank you. And then here comes Thea, chase you. <laughs> Come on, man. Way too much. I already see it. Way too much. Beautiful chaos. Let's bring it on for my sake so I can have my sugar rush and then crash immediately because that's exactly what would happen with those two together. But that's a dream scenario for down the road, which is very possible coming down our way in WWE sometime next year if they play their cards right as we move on to our main event of Monday Night Raw. It is the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Judgment Day Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio, Dirty Dom. And this match was a lot better than the six-man tag we had last week. It was much more controlled and clean and the fans in the A, my hometown, gotta say, in years past, they were not the hottest crowd, but they were hot 
on Monday. Sold out crowd. They were into this main event. It was so much fun. We had flying KO and Sammy laying out Priest and Dominic at ringside. Rhea causing trouble, which I love. At one point before the match even started, Seth Rollins is going to deliver a tope. This ends Finn all the way down the ramp and they go up backstage to brawl because they had this great face-to-face earlier in the show backstage and Fang got a sneak attack in on Seth, but thankfully no interference side of that as we had Sami Zayn take out Dom, Dirty Dom with the Haluva kick after Kevin Owens took out Damian Priest with the stunner to retain the tag team titles. This was a lot of fun Great near falls to out. And the right team, as always, won to retain the titles in the main event with the hot crowd to boot in the night on a high note, Scott. Yeah, this was uh, this is probably my favorite match. Just the crowd reaction was incredible. And I thought Dominic looked pretty good in this match. I thought he did better. Uh, I, you know, there is something. The Judgment Day, they, they, they're working, man. That's... That whole group, everything about them, all the pieces work really well. Kevin Owens has one of the best hot tags in the game right now. When he gets rolling, he gets rolling. I mean, he's not Cesaro from back in the day, but he, he he's getting there. He's working there. That frog splash off the apron was nice. Uh, I like the way he's always just always just poking at Rhea. Every time he gets a chance, he always mm-hmm. doing something at Rhea. I, I, so I, I like that little banter they got going on too. I, I just think that what they got going on with Judgment Day and this, the way they've been able to make Judgment Day seamlessly feud with multiple different acts at different levels. Like at any point in time, Rhea can go and do her thing and feud with any woman on the roster. And we're like, all right, word. You know, Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio are now, they, they're going after the tag titles after we just saw Damian do his thing in the Money in the Bank. Finn Balor's going back after the title. After we just saw them go down to NXT and run that, you know, Dominic Mysterio's got a title shot. Like, they're all doing their own thing. But when it's time to come together and work together, they, they're just a cohesive unit. I just, their story works on a different level. And it's completely different from the bloodline, even from the way the Hurt Business was operating back when they were around. So I, I just like the dynamic of what they got going on right now. It's kind of scary that they're clicking at a higher level than they were six months ago. Like it feels so complete and they're all individuals, but as a collective, they're that much stronger. You have Rhea Ripley beefing with Raquel Rodriguez and... <laughs> They had some battles on NXT roughly three years ago that I greatly enjoyed and to have them possibly run it back very soon on the main roster. I'm here for it as long as Raquel don't smile all the damn time, be a little bit of a mean mugger. I'm good to go. Beefing with Liv as well. Liv comes in towards the end of this match and she tackles Rhea over the barricade. I love their rivalry from last year and their tag team on top of that. And you have Damian Priest. Singular focus right now, Senor Money in the Bank. He wants championship gold, Dominic Mysterio, great heat magnet, competing weekly in main events and getting heat. Finn Balor has World Heavyweight Championship ambitions. And you know that tease tension between him and Damien is also festering. But right now they're all on the same page. So many layers to the story, which is very interesting to me because we go from the bloodline 
being the strongest faction in WWE to now Judgment Day holding that clout as being the most dominant faction in WWE. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. As one as one faction starts to crumble, another faction just gets stronger. And this was right after they had a little bit of a, the, the fumbling blocks, you know, with Finn and Damien and their whole little thing. But now they're back on track. So I, I like that, uh, you know, kind of pointing that out. And I hope that this is not – I hope this is something that they keep going. Like there's no reason for this to end anytime soon regardless of what happens going forward. Anyway, at SummerSlam – um, one thing I do hope we do get with Rhea Ripley, um, you know, I know a sexy match for SummerSlam would be Rhea Ripley versus Raquel, but I just, I think that's something you save on the main roster. And I think you go with maybe Rhea versus Liv and you just have Rhea destroy Liv. I mean, utterly destroy her. Liv gets maybe one or two hope spots in, but it essentially looks like Brock and Cena at SummerSlam. And I mean, and then you have Raquel really having a reason and a want for going after Rhea. And, and she's always just continuously ducking her. So that's kind of what I'm hoping is the story is that we get Liv and Rhea and Rhea just destroys her to the point where Raquel's like, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming. And then she has to drop the smile. I would hope so. Now you got my girl Liv being a sacrificial lamb. Well, she still ain't give you an answer on why she's upset. Okay, so she owes you that. She told me when she's gonna why she don't want the title no more. So you know what? She can be that. She can be that. Listen, I gave Grace for three weeks on the show. I wanted my girl to answer me a simple question. Three months. <laughs> and then it became six, eight, and now we're like at what, ten months? So I'm struggling still. And she ain't gave me an answer in nearly 10 months and it hurts my soul. But it's okay. It's all right. I have moved on. She's given me no answer as to why she went hardcore, as to why she don't care about no championships, but it's all right. And because of that, because of what she has not told me, Scott wants her to get sacrificed by Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam as punishment. Mm-hmm. Punishment fits the crime. <laughs> and I hate to say it, but you're right. And damn you for that. But yeah, that is where we are. My girl, Rhea, my girl, Liv, going to get a, get beat up by my other girl, Rhea. It all hurts. Oh, so much. But I'm going to be all right. As we move on to NXT. And not only NXT, Scott. For the first time ever in the history of NXT. Even though Showbiz Daily is gone, we do have access to the ratings. I believe for the first time ever, NXT was the number one show on cable on Tuesday night. Really? Is that, is that, is that so? I believe so. I have checked the reports. I do believe it was actually the number one show on Tuesday night on cable. Listen, I I need Carmelo Hayes better come out. And I know this has nothing to do with him, but he better come out next week and be like, if if that don't tell you I'm him, I don't know what else will. I am literally him 
on cable TV, right? Like what? That's all. That's great. I I did not realize that. Um, Tiff, I somebody better come out and and run with that because nobody else has done it. You, somebody better use that. Somebody better. Hell, it should be probably Dominic Mysterio. That dude was a ratings draw in his main event against Wes Lee for the North American Championship. I'm not lying. That's it. That's it. You called it. That's, That's exactly. Dirty Dom needs to come out and say, you're welcome. Main event, Dominic Mysterio. Dirty Dom. Ratings draw. The new demo god. MDD. Main event, Dirty Dom. <laughs> come through initials. Because where is the lie? Like, I was floored when I saw, whoa, NXT, the number one show on cable on Tuesday night, The Ascension. And I kind of saw this the last couple of months. They were, like, top ten. They were floating in the top seven, top five, in the top three, number two the last couple of weeks, number one. The show has gotten better, and they're integrating the main roster, and the Judgment Day are draws. Seth is a draw. Baron Corbin's a draw. And the show has gotten better. And I have to say, like, they are hitting their stride. It's contract year. They're going to get a bag. And to be the number one show on Tuesday night on USA, that is a score for them. And one of the reasons why is a great tag team match involving the Heritage Cup champion, Nathan Fraser, and Dragon Lee versus Los Torios. Angel Garza and Alberto Carrillo, they got their first and last names back, a blessing. This was an excellent tag team match. The crowd was kind of so-so early on, but they woke up because they realized, holy shit, this match is great. These four guys are incredible. Nathan Fraser, my God, I love him so much. Cheddar Biscuits all day. He's going to be a star, a protege of Seth Rollins. He's going to be somebody special one day very soon. Dragon Lee has needed a win desperately, a signature victory on NXT, finally got it against Rosatorios. Angel Garza and her brother Carrillo have not worked a tag team match in any capacity on TV since, what, January of this year. They've been chomping at the bit to work a match, and they showed up, showed out to display how great they are. And I go back to Angel Garza. To me, his best matches in WWE was against Leah Rush when we first moved to NXT head-to-head against AEW what, nearly four years ago now, and that was Angel Garza at his best. And since that time, the potential has not been fully achieved on the main roster due to so-so booking, but here's hoping he finds a second win here on NXT. Los Torios lost this match, courtesy of Dragon Lee scoring the pinfall on Angel Garza. And after the match was over, we had Angel and Umberto Cousins, by the way, beefing, and we had that match play up back in 2019 on the main roster when WWE was trying to get their shit together, pushing new stars. So let's run it back on NXT. Two guys that can go out there, have a great match, and really showcase how great they are. But most importantly, Dragon Lee got that W in an NXT match, which was sorely needed after some L's as of late. They kind of some this momentum a bit. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've kind of, I don't really have a lot of faith that they're, they really know what they got with Dragon Lee. And this is from somebody who's only seen him a little bit. And he's already like, that boy be moving in there. That uh that, that counter he does into the sit out power bomb. I love that. So yeah, I I don't I think they've really kind of fumbled the bag, especially with the hype that he had coming in. Um I also want to say, you know, the tag match was good and all that, but at the end of the day, it's like, why did they waste my time? You know, 
I've been, you know, we we talked when they first showed up. I was like worried they could come in, they can, you know, be a rock in this tag division. They could be a nice spark. They could bring in something different. And now they already about to break up and have a like. I don't want to see them wrestle each other. I, I, why would I want to see that when I just saw them come in as a tag team and y'all just had them standing around looking all menacing and stuff. And now only one of them is about to be menacing, and the other one's going to be a lovebird. Like that's that's <laughs> what. That's going to be the gimmick. He's going to be like that's that was Angel's gimmick. The dude was giving people roses and getting kisses on the way to the ring. That was his thing. He was a lovebird. Bro. Tell me Bro. I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. A lovebird is the best you got for him. A lovebird. What would you call him? It's not fit for air. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you and you mad at me because I called him a love bird <laughs> I mean you could have called him a lover boy or something a love a love bird okay okay that's fair I, I could have called him a lover a lover boy right love bird was the first thing that came to mind <sighs> guess I guess I could have said lover boy Yes, mine is not fit for the air. I have so, limitations. So you know, my thing is, I and you know, I'm I'm kind of torn on it. So now they're going to split them up because I'm a, I really like Humberto. I thought mm-hmm. when Paul Heyman was in charge and he he was you know giving guys pushes, he had Alistair Black running wild. Humberto was a guy that was getting a push. He was in that U.S. title scene. He was consistently in the mix, going after it. I thought he was really establishing himself as this underdog babyface who was getting better, getting closer and closer and getting wins. So, you know, I'm I'm on the Humberto train when it comes to which one of these two I hope is elevated out of this. I love them both. I love Angel a lot. Humberto's really good as well. And he's so sneaky. That dude worked in his physique and I didn't recognize him. Like, who is this? Like, he went in the gym. He packed on the muscle. And he's still great. And I do see upside for him as well. And Angel, too. Both of them, I think, have what it takes to be standout stars with a good push in WWE. It's all about, you know, getting your personality over. And the in-ring work will be right there for the fans to grab onto and say, hey, we see it. And I think it will happen for them in due time. I do think that you're right and that they are rushing things very quickly. But I'm all for the rivalry because we saw it before on the main roster. It was good. It was winning the crowd over slowly but surely, even in Winnipeg before the pandemic hit three years ago. Like that, a standout match on Monday Night Raw when Paul Heyman was really trying to get the next gen over. And here we are three years later under different leadership with Vince still in the shadows, but the emphasis is pushing younger stars. And that's all we want. And Garza and Umberto still fit that bill for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I think you could have got more out of them as a tag team. I, I think they would have been a lot of fun in the tag division. Uh, the, the, the mob is going to need challengers here soon when they get those tag titles. And I, I think, I think uh, the lover boys would have been a great, would have been a great uh, challengers for those titles. The lover boys. Okay. You won't let this go. We've gone from Los Authorios to the lover boys. What does Los Authorios mean? They manhoes. <laughs> So again, again, 
<laughs> me calling them lover boys is not that bad. Well, at least I call them lover birds. I, I will again. You're right. Touche. The lover bird <laughs> thing. I, I'll give you that. And I was like, all right, my bad, bro. I shouldn't have did that. Yeah, you course corrected. We're back on track. Lover boys is very acceptable, but yes, Rosatorios is basically a manhole. Yeah. <laughs> That is as close as I can get with risque on the show because the other term I want to use, I can't. Uh-oh. So the other term is a is a is a Sprina chat special. <laughs> <laughs> you would drop a Sprina line somehow, some way. It could apply to someone in particular. I'm not going to go there, but yeah, that oh, for sure. I would say it on that show. I would, but um, real quick, do they both get cheddar biscuits from you? Uh, Angela and Alberto. Yeah, they get ten a piece. Yes, ten a piece. That's a very specific number. Nobody's gotten a number from you, so that's that says something. Yeah, I like them both. Uh, You know that the the scale goes: Ludwig Unlimited biscuits, Julius (laughs) Unlimited, obviously, Rhea Ripley Unlimited biscuits. Okay. No doubt. So the, the, those are the biscuit distributions. But 10 apiece for Los Rotorios. No doubt about that. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm with it. Yes. Yes. So we're moving on after taking that Sprita detour that my co-captain likes to do from time to time. As we move on to the homecoming for one Tony D'Angelo. Now, life hits you fast here on The Wrap because last week I just peed all over this segment (laughs) involving Tony D'Angelo and calling from prison to get his charges dropped, to get free from jail. And this week I'm marveling at the corniness and the absurdity of it all because we get some behind the scene footage of Stax and Tony D plotting this plot against Gallus, how we would set them up, how Stax would be a snitch and how they would sell it on camera. And we got the timeline from here, there, everywhere of how they play Gallus to get a shot at the tag team titles at the Great American Bash. We got the whole family out there, the Greedos out there celebrating with Tony D'Angelo and Tony D. Let me tell you something. I love him. He's made this one-dimensional gimmick 3D. It's not easy to do. This is absurd, dumb, but fun. And then we have Gallus coming out there, you know, upset they got played by Tony D and Stax. And then when they try to come out there to cause trouble, the whole fucking family has crowbars ready to go to get to swinging. Like, this is West Side Story of Ridiculous on NXT, but I love it. I love Tony D. Stax is growing on me as well. And it's time. It's time to belt the mob, as Scott would like to say on the show. It's time to give them the belts. With all due respect to Gallus, they're a good tag team, but they have not popped on the show whatsoever. Give the tag team titles to the mob officially at the Great American Bash. When I see these uh, these 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 families uh, interacting like this, I, I I feel like I'm watching a, a crossover of The Godfather and Sons of Anarchy. Um, it's just <laughs> something just feels you know <laughs> I'm what? just thrown off all you know because. You know, Sons of Anarchy has that Irish biker gang that always comes around every now and then. They have that whole season in Ireland when Jax's son gets kidnapped or something like that. 
So this is what it feels like to me. This is, this is all I kept thinking about was, huh, I wonder when, what, uh, what they're going to do after that, what, uh, what bar those three are going to go to, uh, you know, on their bikes. <laughs> and then the oh family, who are they going to kidnap on their way out? You know, it's like, what are we, what are we doing next? Um, again, I, I'm still questioning how Tony D'Angelo has this entire family. You know, he's in charge of the mob, but he couldn't get himself a flip phone in the, into the jail. He, he couldn't sneak a flip phone in the jail and we couldn't get a FaceTime from him. I'm just saying, man, listen, you can't have a family like that. And they all got crowbars, but they ain't got flip phones. They couldn't get you a flip phone. Like, come on, bro. What are we on right now? What are we on right now? Okay. Now you are not wrong because see, if you are a light, if you are a LinkedIn mobster, somebody's going to smuggle you a track phone in prison. They couldn't get it like a, a safe link in there or something? Really? I can go get some from the gas station right now for 15 bucks. And I'm sure I can go slip it into whoever I need to in jail. A burner for a good 68 a month. Come on. A good 68 minutes a month. What is happening here? They got crowbars, but not a flip phone, not a basic 3G phone for data. Like, what is happening here, Tony? D? You got to do better. You had a basic ass landline as your means of communication. Really? Shameful. Tony D said, take that for data. You did not do a David Fisdale on this show. <laughs> no, you did not. No, you did not. Just saying, man. <laughs> just, I can't saying. with you. <laughs> I can't. So I did not expect that reference to get dropped today. <laughs> Take that for data. Okay. A classic drop, but true. Cause he had no data from that prison. Just saying. <sighs> Shame on stacks too. Stacks, you ain't shit either. And you, and, 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 and think of, and think about this guy. He bought the phone to prison to play the recording, <laughs> but he could slip him the extra phone. Like what the fuck? Stacks, really? <laughs> what kind of mobster are you? And you want to run the family? You want to be the Don? You can't even get your man a track phone, but you bought your phone to play the recording and say, I got him. And then you had the nerve to show up in a car like that, and you couldn't pay off one of the guards. Bruh. These I'm are some cheap mobsters. I'm over it. I'm over the mob. I'm over I'm over Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> I'm over the crossover. You know, I don't see Jack Seller. I'm out. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, this is Gotham City for NXT. It is what it is. The mob wants Tuesday nights. It's a cheap mob, but a mob nonetheless. And I appreciate that. And I love the storyline now. It is completely dumb. But it is my kind of dumb fun. And Tony D makes it all that much more interesting for his character work, his charisma, his talent, and him being over. And it's time to crown the mob as our next NXT Tag Team Champions at the Great American Bash as we segue to the main event of NXT. The Dirty Dom God, Ray Mysterio's son, Dominic Mysterio, is vying for his first singles championship in WWE against quite possibly the the most prolific NXT North America champion ever in Wesley. Most successful title defenses. He has been the man for well over half the year on NXT. 
I did not foresee what would happen during this main event because they were pushing Mustafa Ali versus Wesley for the North American title at the Great American Bash. Set in stone, so we thought, but oh no. Dominic Mysterio said, hold my beer because I got something for y'all. So the match was competitive. It was kind of sloppy in spots. Dom had some spots, looked kind of questionable, kind of dropped Wesley in a very awkward angle, but he bounced back fairly quickly. And Wesley fought back, showcased his offense, put on the show as always, and then Judgment Day interferes. We got Rhea on the apron. We got Finn Balor causing trouble. We got Priest physically in the ring. And then we have Wesley deliver the cardiac kick to Damian Priest lays him out. Finn is gone. And then Rhea Ripley is going to sneak into the scene and whack Wesley in the face with her championship belt. And that enables Dirty Dom, Dominic Mysterio, two pin, two pin, Wesley, one, two, three to become the new NXT North American champion. These fans at the WWE Performance Center were irate. They were shocked. They gave a thumbs down. They were pissed. They were like, we can't believe our eyes. And this celebration by Judgment Day was amazing. It was a full-on celebration as Dirty Dom won his first singles championship in WWE, in NXT. And the irony, Scott, of us maybe a year or so ago saying, you know what, Dom? You need more reps at NXT and look what happens. He wins his first championship on NXT and he's a ratings draw. Look at God. Yeah, the DDD, he's uh, he's definitely solid down there. Uh, the dirty demo Dom God. Um you know, this is where he belongs down here. I definitely didn't see him beating Wes Lee. That was a choice. Uh, I'm fully expecting a triple threat at the Great American Bash for the uh, the North American title. That way he can kind of be in the mix without having to be actually be in the mix because the match itself wasn't that great. Let's just let's keep it a buck. It wasn't that great. The crowd reaction was fantastic, though. That's just what happens when you got Dom in there. Uh, Wesley's established himself as one of the top baby faces and on the brand. I again didn't see it coming, but now I mean Judgment Day is literally all over the place. They are on all three brands, repping all three brands. So it's um, this is Judgment Day's world right now. This, they are making the most of it. I think this is great for Dominic. I hope he spends a lot of time in NXT. Uh, we already saw him have a defense of that that title on SmackDown versus Butch. Which I mean, those are the type of wrestlers he needs to be in the ring with. And he, if you're going to have him out there like that, and he's getting those type of reactions, you just got to throw him to the wolves, man. He's just going to have to learn and fall on his face. All in due time. You didn't tell a single lie with that. Detail analysis as always, but I'm still in shock that Dominic Mysterio is the North American champion. Help me. Oh, I, I, I can't help you. Um, I, I definitely can't help you with that. But what I can help you with is that f- going forward, we, we got Dom and Rhea and Horny Hours. Who know? We got Judgment Day, okay? All of them on Horny Hours and NXT. That is a problem, okay? That's, that's going to be a whole other thing. I don't need to see no cameras, and I don't want to see Finn popping up in his mask. Sir, 
the mask. The mask has appeared at numerous pay-per-views and I still don't get it. Finn, explain. You know, when uh, when they were talking about Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar having this rubber match, I was like, thank God it's not Judgment Day. Because who oh knows God. the type of match Scott, that would be. Scott, deactivate right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's like, oh God. Sir. <laughs> Sir. <sighs> Sorry, it's now... 9.58. <laughs> <laughs> Horny hours is almost over. Two more minutes. No, it's here now. We have arrived. You open the door and you walk through it as always. And, you know, I'm done with you. Like, we were so good. And then you brought up the mask and you brought up rubbers. Just a rubber match. No, it ain't the rubber you're talking about. (laughs) I, 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 I just said I was glad that Judgment Day wasn't involved in the rubber match. You implied things. Okay. You implied many things. And what we know for certain, for those uh, for those of our listeners that are in the know about this running gag on this show for over a year now, regardless of what is said, we know one thing to be true beyond a shadow of a doubt. Damien Priest is always in the room. Just, just sitting in the corner, man, with his briefcase now. <laughs> Not the briefcase. <laughs> Just just sitting in the corner holding his briefcase. He's stroking his briefcase. (laughs) In the corner, just just rubbing the briefcase, just in the cut, doing the most. Um, Let's move on now before we really take things off the rails on this show. We've already done so, but God help us all as we move on to now for Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, going down from a sold-out Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. And we kick things off with the wrestling match. It's a fatal way for a shot at the at the United States Championship, Austin Theory, SummerSlam. So two fatal four ways, you find out. And the winner of these two fatal four ways to face off one-on-one next Friday on Big Fox. And they will, and the winner will face Austin Theory for said championship, either on SmackDown or at SummerSlam. One or the other has not been decided just yet. So it's Rey Mysterio versus Sheamus versus LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. And LA Knight is so old because the promo pre-match giving baby face vibes, which we appreciate. I think the WWE is listening to the people. Thank God for that. This is a good match. We had some. Mm, spots here and there, but very competitive, very good. A lot of high action throughout the match. And then we have Rey Mysterio in position to win. And then for reasons, Austin Theory pulls Rey out of the ring. And that annoys the fans. Santos Escobar comes out to make the save for Rey. He takes out Theory as a brawl inside, and brawl amongst the crowd at ringside. And then we have... A parade of finishes. And at one point, LA Knight, we thought had the win, locked up, ready to go. We had Cameron Grimes land the cave in on Sheamus. It's looking good. And then Rey Mysterio comes through, hits a reverse Rana on Cameron Grimes to get the one, two, three. And he will now face off against his protege, Santos Escobar, for a shot at the U.S. Championship at SummerSlam and or SmackDown next Friday on Fox. A surprising outcome, and 
I think you might have to keep your eyes open for a possible turn by Escobar if he does not win unless Theory gets involved and costs both men the title shot. Yeah, it's um I was I was surprised by this outcome, but this is something I talked about last week. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Rey Mysterio won and we get the the collision of LWO, but I also said it probably I, clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about because I didn't see it coming. Uh, but this, it sh- I should have seen it coming because that's it's a logical step towards Santos Escobar uh, leaving uh, LWO or or forming his own LWO. You know, a more sinister or maybe bringing Legado del Fantasma back in general. Uh, but yeah, this is. I think that'll be a real good match next week. I think Rey Mysterio beats Santos next week. I think Rey Mysterio probably ends up beating Austin Theory at SummerSlam too. There's there's a good chance of that happening. L.A. Knight, man, like you got to get him on the cards. You got to get him. Just let him win some matches, man. Like he okay, he doesn't have to win the United States title. He doesn't have to be United States champion. But let's just get this man on the card. Just give the crowd somebody to get hype about somebody that they are behind and let them just go crazy for him. Let them just win a match on a big stage. You do that. That's how you keep the crowd invested. Keep everyone happy. Cause like, all right, at least they're giving them wins. So let that man win matches. He's got to start winning matches. That's the key. The fans love him. Let him get a key win. I thought he was going to win this fatal four way on Friday. I thought like this is an opportunity for him to win. I would have no problem with him. I would have no problem with him beating Escobar to face Austin Theory and beat him for the U.S. Championship. The one thing that I think the fans really want to see right now. But instead, we got Ray and Santos, which I'm cool with. But I do sense a turn coming if Escobar does not win. He did beat Theory in a non-title match on the same night on Friday. So we'll see how this goes. But as you said, LA Knight is ready to go as a big time baby face star. And yes, right here on the wrap over a year ago, we called it. He's that guy. And, uh, you know, if, if they're not careful, they could have a, not quite to the same level, but a low key Daniel Bryan S problem on their hand. He's definitely not the wrestler that Daniel Bryan is, but he has the uh, the connection and that talking ability to create that type of groundswell uh, with the audience. So, like I said, just you have to just put him on TV and have him win matches. You know, stuff they would do with Daniel Bryan, even Kofi Mania is, he would be on TV, he would be winning matches, and he would be like, one of the first two matches on the show, that way you get it out the way early, you give the crowd what they want, and then you can get on with the rest of the show. But if they're not careful, this can become a problem. Very quickly. And that is the key moving forward. Hopefully WWE realizes that and they plan accordingly because you did not tell a single lie regarding what you just said because it's a risky game that WWE is playing. So here's hoping they know what they have and just move forward with L.A. Knight. As we move on to Charlotte Flair versus Zio Sky. Now, this match, I have to say, was a mixture of good and rough. There were some rough spots throughout this match. There were some slow motion moments here and there. And then there was some good stuff in the middle. Compelling near falls. The fans were into it. Great counters down the stretch. But there was some sloppiness here and there that kind of took away from what could have been a really strong match 
that ended up being very good. But Eosky, I think that she's next up, next in line to be champion on SmackDown. She's going to cash in very soon if Bailey doesn't sabotage her. Charlotte Flair is definitely going to be in line for a title shot going up against Asuka and Bianca Belair at SummerSlam in two weeks. That should be a great match. But this was good. Could have been very good, but just in a good category as after much effort encounters to moonsaults, to figure eights, to... Boston crabs and dives and drop kicks. Charlotte Flair is going to hit the natural selection on Eosky to pin her one, two, three. And after the match is over, Oscar comes out to attack Charlotte Flair from behind, lays her out, stands tall as still the reigning defending women's champion. Yeah, it's, man, I I this this is not this is not doing it for me. You know, it's not not doing a lot for me. I um I I think I'd rather just see two singles matches and you know, when it comes to SummerSlam at least. I I'd, I'd rather see two singles matches. I I just am not a fan of where this story's going. Um and I'm genuinely kind of worried about EO Sky and that briefcase. Mm. I do agree. I mean, should, I should, agree. tell me, tell me, Keila. Like, do you think I'm? I, I like I maybe I'm overreacting, but is there? A, I, I just get a feeling of Eosky could be could lose that, and Bailey could cost her that title. That's my fear, and I don't want that. I really don't. I think that it's time to get Eosky over as next in line. If they heard the crowd in Puerto Rico, which I'm sure they did against Bianca Belair, it's time. You hear the crowd reactions for her, it's time. I love Bailey, but I don't want her to cost her this championship. Let her be the first challenger. Have that, but don't botch the cash in. Get Eosky over. Have her win the title. That's all that we ask. Don't get cute with it. Have the rivalry with Eosky as champion. Don't have Bailey sabotage her in the end. That's all that we ask. Don't do it. Because Io Sky can be your next in line in the women's division on SmackDown. Plain and simple. Yeah, I, I, I agree. She can she's got the moveset, she's got the intensity, and she's got the connection, man. Like her and Asuka just are there's special. There's something about those those women. They they bring something different to the table, and the audience recognizes how talented they are. Absolutely, and it's long overdue. And I just hope that WWE does the right thing because the last thing I want to see is a botched cash in. And I think that might be their direction, but I hope they pivot because EO Sky's got next to my estimation, and you can feel with Bailey and call it a day from there. But I got to point out one thing before we get to our main event angle of SmackDown. I have to point out pretty deadly. So Scott, I have a question for you. What kind of injury does Elson Prince have? He separated his shoulder, right? <laughs> yes, he did. Okay. He sure did. Um, so why did Kit Wilson will his ass down <laughs> to the ring in a wheelchair? Because, you know, when you're walking, there's 
you know, there's a lot of pressure you put on your arms as you're moving each one forward, and especially the way they walk, because, you know, they got a lot of shift in their walk. There's a lot of shoulders involved in that shifting. So yeah, it was better for him to just sit down and get wheeled down. If not, there was a good chance he could have threw his shoulder out while he was shifting back and forth. You know what? I don't buy any of that. Uh, I'm just listen. I'm just trying to to to. I'm trying to mind hunter into the mind of pretty deadly. That's dangerous. <laughs> that is very dangerous. My God! But you know what? I I somewhat buy that as an explanation because I was like, y'all are so extra, but I love them. Hope he heals up very soon from the injury, and I know the Rich Holland got some heat for what happened. It was an accident and he had to deactivate his Twitter. You know, I feel for him in a lot of ways because I have been critical of him as well, but safety comes first, shit happens, but you just got to protect your people better in the ring. And that's another lesson moving forward for Witch Holland, but I don't condone death threats. That's just not cool. People grow up, shit happens in the ring. No need to go in on Witch Holland. Just, just stop at this point. But if you see something in terms of just spots not looking right, don't rag on him. It's, it's not a good look. I mean, I called him out myself last year for how he dropped Kofi, and that was irresponsible. But in terms of just going in and harassing him, don't do that at all. And mind you, I did that untagging him, and he found the tweet. So he was looking. I didn't do anything. Just saying. I didn't at the man. He found the tweet. And I wasn't even cussing him out. I said, look what he did. And he found it. Yeah, he was looking. He was looking, searching. I don't regret nothing because you dropped Kofi in a very rough way. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. But, you know, he has gotten better, but shit happens. But still, don't harass that man. It's not cute. Do better, people. As we move on now to our main event angle of SmackDown, involving Jey Uso and the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, and this is the rules of engagement for presumably the Universal Heavyweight Championship match at SummerSlam. And Roman Reigns is now belittling Jay by calling him Little Jay, Little Jay this, Little Jay that, and how Jay is ready to fight, that he has no choice but to fight his cousin because he put Jimmy in the hospital. He's got to get you. And Roman says, you can't get me, Little Jay, because you don't get it. You don't understand how this works. You don't understand how this is going to go. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to embarrass you. You can't take my title. He signs the contract. Jay is going to grab the contract and he tears the contract up because the rules have changed. It is now tribal combat. And Roman's shook by this thing. What do you mean by tribal combat? And Jay says this is something the elders have signed off on. They've approved. And Roman's like, you talk to the elders. And he said he did. And tribal combat means anything goes. I could put you through the announce table. I can hit you with a steel chair. I could put you through this contract and that announce table. I can grab that latest slipper in the third row and hit you with it. And at that moment, at that moment when Jay said that he was just rhyming bars and stuff, when he said that particular line, Roman Reigns, who is supposed to be stoic, who is supposed to be mean mugging is laughing. He is laughing and breaking character because he can't help himself, but he snaps back into it. He starts in on Jay once again, but he's all in. 
if this is what he wants, this is what the elders want, this is what it's going to be. So he stands up, he takes off the championship belt, he puts the lay on top. Symbolism, tribal chief, title, on the line, SummerSlam, they go face to face, they shake hands, they do the head nod, and then Solo tries to go in for the kill, but going after Jay with the Samoan Spike, but Jay is going to get an assist from Rowan who stops the hit, and then Roman is going to just stand by and let Jay kick Solo in the face to wrap up SmackDown with the cousin standing down as tribal count as tribal combat rules in effect for SummerSlam two weeks from Saturday. Ford Field, Detroit, Michigan, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Your thoughts, Scott, on the closing segment to SmackDown on Fox from Orlando, Florida. I thought Jay was great in particular. I thought he showed real good fire. Um, and when he was kind of going in, I thought he just – he was flowing, man. He was in a real good rhythm. I think uh, the closing shot of them, you know, embracing kind of – establishing this is how it's going to be the lay over top of the title i i i think it's a good closing angle i do wonder if it was maybe two weeks too soon you know i it's a big angle to put on fs1 man like i had to go and search to find that that boy ain't got fs1 just on tap like that what they doing to me <laughs> like come on now boy people they just got fs1 on tap like that I'm just saying, man, save that for Fox. Everybody got Fox. I can go get an antenna from the dollar store and watch Fox. I got to go get FS1. Come on now. Um, but no, I, I just, I wonder what can be left. We done seen Jay whoop solo. Um, we done seen them beat down Jay. We done seen them embrace and have this kind of standoff, you know, contract signing essentially. What are they going to do for two weeks? Like Jay needs to pick up wins. So maybe he can pick up a win, but what he, what top tier heel do you have that you can sacrifice? You know, so I just wonder if it was maybe a lot too, a little bit too soon. Yeah, I do agree. I do. I can't lie there, but still, I did like the end of the show. I can't lie, but it is too soon. I do agree with you there. It's not even that it was it. it it's not that I guess for me, maybe it's not too soon. It's just, what do you do? What do you have left to do to sell me on this? You want to give me one more face to face of the Usos, stance, you know, brothers versus Solo and Roman side by side, and we'll get that and maybe a closing brawl. But what are you going to do that I haven't seen yet? This is something I haven't seen. I, I just think this should have been the closing angle and shot before they face off at SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I do feel like you have to do wonder, like what else can we possibly do? Is this to peak? And it probably is to peak because you got two shows to go. Like what else can you possibly do? What else can you possibly say? But of course you do expect, I think, another beat down between now and then. Do you suppose that's possible? If, if I'm beating down anybody, they need to beat down. I, I mean, well, I guess Jimmy's already been beat down enough. Like how many times are you going to keep beating Jimmy down? But it's like, they've been there, done that. Like, does Jay need to get beat down again for him just to catch an L? Like, he don't need out. Like, he if you lose to Roman, you lose to Roman. Like, there's no shame in losing to Roman clean as a whistle. Doesn't That doesn't hurt you. Putting up a good match and having kicking out and, and, and going and putting it to him, that 
is what's going to get you over and get you established. So I guess so, but I don't even really want to see that. If anything, just keep them apart, man, and just give me Jay Uso dominating cats. Like, just bulldozing people. Just give me that. Give me, and like, not just, like, give me him bulldozing like a Dabakato, a big monster. He ain't doing nothing. He went, Underground was the uh, like two weeks ago, and they ain't got nothing left for him. He was probably watching the door because Omos is in Wakanda recharging. So they had Dabo what? watching the door. <laughs> what? <laughs> so. What? No. Time out. Pause. Flag on the play. Uh-uh. You did not say that Omas is recharging in Rokonda. No, you did not. That man, that man then got him a hyperbolic time chamber in Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> that dude not. is recharging. Okay. Oh my God. No, it's not Wakanda. It's Rhodes Conda. <laughs> That's where he went. Okay, I, I I guess so. And at the door, at the gateway, which you, the password is, who told you it was open mic night? That's how. That's the greeting. That's the welcome. That's that's the welcome. Who told you it was? That's the wait, wait, wait! Stop. So you're saying there's an automated message at Rose Conda mm-hmm. with Brandy's voice saying, "Who in the hell left the gate open? Every time. Who in the hell told you?" This is open mic night in Rose Conda. And you have to give them your name. And then they'll, and then they'll, they'll <laughs> accept you or they won't accept you. <laughs> First, I got to do like an eye, an eye scan. And then they have to like scan your hands and fingerprints where you get access to Rose Conda. They don't even got to do that. They're just going to take a picture of you. Oh, he look at that. Look at that skin tone. Nah, he ain't coming oh in. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, he, ain't coming, he ain't coming in. You saw? Did you see how they treated Ross? Did you see how they treated Ross? Come on now, tell me I'm wrong. Did you see how they treated Ross? Okay, all right, fine, fine. I I will throw the white flag. You're not wrong. Okay, but don't throw that. Don't throw that flag, sir. (laughs) Sir, I can't with you. I can't. We've gone too far. Just say it. Omas is. In Rose Conda, I'm like, no, actually, he's enjoying the married life. Congratulations to him. Absolutely. Congrats. Congrats to you, man. No, no doubt. And Wakanda. That's where the honeymoon was. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Sir. You are too much. But you're not wrong, though. That's, that's why he is on an extended vacation. You know, because Gunther went there with Jenny for their honeymoon. And look and how Gunther see- came back. Happy as hell, <laughs> jovial. That boy, then that boy get cursed out in the back. Like, bro, you gotta stop smiling, dude. You gotta stop being so happy. Like, <laughs> like I get it, you know, but you gotta stop being so happy at work. He was happy as hell coming from a sunny moon, and not only that, he's got so much swag now. I'm, he's on announce tables talking shit. I know that's right. Letting them know who I am. I'm the greatest to ever do it as IC champion. Put some respect oh. on my name. And you know what? They do. They don't even chant what? Because they respect Gunther. I know that's right. That's funny. <clears throat> Ring general for real. But yeah. And speaking of which, before we go, another question I have for Scott. Scott, have you noticed something in WWE this week? Uh oh. What's that? 
it's something very specific. Oh God. Uh, like, yeah. Say it if you think. I well, I I know I'm wrong, but I noticed that I got a uh, a new DLC for WWE 2K. No. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. Wrong. Good for you, but wrong. So <laughs> the thing is, if you noticed on Monday Night Raw, a lot of people have new nicknames. Huh. Dirty Dominic Mysterio. Big Bronson Reed. Big Bronson Reed. <laughs> like what the hell is this? Senor. Senor. Money in the bank. Badass Braun Breaker is another one. Just new nicknames everywhere. I wonder why. That's a Vince thing. He gotta stop. That's a Vince thing. No, like no more nicknames, dude. I don't mind Dirty Dom though. I don't mind Dirty Dom though. No, Dirty Dom is good. I'm not even hating on it. But Big Bronson Reed, that's the new nickname. You don't need First of all, we all see Bronson Reed. You don't need to highlight that he's a big boy. Like the the, I'd rather you go back to the thick boy that he used to call himself in NXT. Exactly. Like why not let him be the thick boy? I rocked with the thick boy. I thought that yes. was cool. Like be the thick boy. Yes, I like that too. Thick boy Bronson Reed. That has yeah. a better way to it than the big Bronson Reed. What what is that big Bronson Reed? What are we doing? What is that? It's just weird, and we got to stop it immediately. That's all that I ask. Let's stop nicknaming except Dirty Dom, which I appreciate. But, yeah, everybody else, let's kind of curtail that, shall we? So that was Random Observations of the Week from what I saw in WWE as we put a wrap on all things WWE. Before we go, let's now declare the best match we saw this week across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and maybe even NXT Level Up on Main Event of Scott, the best match you saw WWE television this week. So I, I'm 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 gonna go with the tag match. I, I think that was just well, which tag match, right? I I think the best the best match was probably that Alpha Academy Viking Raiders match. I know I mentioned that that uh, the other tag match might have been my favorite, but I want to give a special shout out to uh, main event match between JD McDonough and Apollo Cruz. This is the third match in their trilogy and. Man, they, they just have really good chemistry, and you know how high I am on JD. So go out of your way and check that out. And honestly, even Takira Tazawa versus Riddick Moss was a pretty good match. Like, I, I, the main event the last, last week had two women's matches. They were both solid. The week before that, Riddick Moss versus Apollo Crews, um, JD McDonough versus Akira Tazawa. Like, They've been putting on solid matches. They they get a core of like five, six people, and they just rotate them. So, uh, yeah, go out of your way and check that match. I thought it was really good. Good recommendation. As for myself, I got to say that my favorite match of the week had to be probably the Viking Rules match involving Africa Academy and the Viking Raiders. Really fun action. Crowd was into Otis's comeback, and Chad Gable is so good as well, and the Viking Raiders Needed the W, a lot of fun. Everybody played their roles well, but Otis has come back to me. That was the highlight for the week to remind me how great Otis is as a baby face, especially when he hit that caterpillar with the greatest of ease. Man, for me, it was when he caught old boy and then turned him into that slam. I was like, hey, you, you boy, you stop it. 
You, you, you stop it right now, okay? You showing out. You better stop. <laughs> Couldn't help himself. Not at all. Not at all. And with that, that is a wrap for this week's show. As we recap the week that was for WWE right here on the Fake Media Network, I want to thank my co-captain, Sergeant Scott Young, for joining me as always to recap the week that was in WWE. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. I uh, I hope this episode wasn't too P- wasn't too R. We definitely went past the PG. Definitely went past the PG thirteen limit. I hope we uh, didn't quite get to NC seventeen because you know you lose theaters when you get to that rating. You want to keep it at that R. So I hope we kept it at the R. That way we can still keep playing and and make our money back, and we and I won't get fired. You won't get fired. We went a light R, which is fine. A light R. A very light R. What's a a light R? (laughs) Strong language. Strong language at times. Um, (laughs) Some sexual situations that we alluded to. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question real quick on this on this light R topic that we got here. Give me name me a movie that's a light R. Because that's a new one. That's that's a new one right there. Name me a movie that's a light R. Um. Let's think about this carefully. A light R. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then I'm gonna need a heavy R too. So let's let's start with the light <laughs> R and see where we go. I'm trying to think. A light how about, R. How about, how about this? How about this? I, okay. How about I throw a movie out there and you tell me which which spectrum of the R it falls on? Okay. Okay, go. Go. I think this is a very funny movie. Uh Girls Trip. Light R. That's a light R. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. When she's swinging above the city and she just decides to do her thing, that's a light R. <laughs> Jada Pinkett give talking about all the fantasies that she didn't get to do with Will in this movie, but that's a light R. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, to be fair, a moderate R. Moderate. <laughs> okay. Because I thought that was R. a pretty I thought that was a pretty hard R. I okay. thought Girls Trip was pretty raunchy, but I could be wrong. Okay. Maybe maybe that's just the guy in me. And that's it, it could what be. and that's just what women's conversations are that I don't know about. Cause I was like, whoa, what y'all <laughs> what y'all on, man? Women are filthy too. We nasty. Jada and Tiffany Haddish were on a whole another level. Yes, it was very next level. That's why I said it was soft by my standards. It might be okay, a okay. hard R for you. True that. Okay, I'll take that. Touche. Now I know. Yes. Now, what other movie were you going to compare this to? <laughs> Man, let's go with uh, let's go with a uh, Hangover. Hard R. So. <laughs> So the hangover is a hard R. Yes. Okay. All right. Hangover is a hard R. What about super bad? Soft. Soft R. Definitely. Definitely a 75-year-old man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. done. I can't. I am so 
I can't with you. The show has taken so many turns, including random R ratings for movies on the soft and hard scale, which in of itself is a double entendre to wrap Mm -hmm. up the show (laughs) on a very questionable note, but still a lot of fun nonetheless. And some movie recommendations to boot. If you have not seen Girls Trip, Superbad or The Hangover, check it out. Find it on your streaming services. You got time this weekend. Coming up, hey, make it a movie night. Do what you got to do. But we provided a service here for you to tune in to those very nasty, naughty, but funny movies. But for us, that is a wrap this week officially for this show as we dive into the week that was for all things WWE. We'll be back next Monday morning. And actually, we'll be back. I take that back. We'll be back not only Monday morning. Holy shit. We're going to be back. Wait, wait a minute, because I think we're double dipping, wait a minute. if I'm not mistaken. Are we double dipping? Are we, are we double dipping? What do you mean? There's like a show on Sunday, The Great American Bash. Oh, it's on Sunday? It's not a Tuesday show? It's, it's on Sunday. It's a PLE. Oh, I don't know. Well, So yeah. do we wait till Sunday to do the show? Yeah, we could wait till Sunday because let me tell you, if they mess around and put a clunker out there, might not do a show. So yeah, let's go ahead and wait till Sunday before a Great American Bash don't get covered till next week. That's right. I had to think about that. That is so weird because there's not a pay per view on Saturday. So why do a show Saturday? So we'll do a show Sunday, recapping the Great American Bash, and we'll bring someone along for the ride as well to recap it with us next Sunday. For your listening pleasure on Monday morning. Yes, it's confusing. I blame NXT. Damn you, Walker HBK. Because how we double dipping and we got to go back in the lab again. Choices. But we'll be back next Monday recapping the great American bash officially. So for myself and for Sergeant Scott Young, that is a wrap for all things WWE this week. We'll be back next Monday recapping the great American bash to get you ready for SummerSlam in a couple of weeks, right here on this very airwave once again. So for myself and Sergeant Scott Young, that's a wrap on all things WWE. Take care. Uh, bye-bye.